Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. This is Jodie, and I am so excited about today's conversation because in my one-on-one coaching practice, I am constantly working with women in the corporate world who are struggling to take their careers to the next level. And they know that they know enough and are capable enough, but they also know that their confidence and belief in themselves are preventing them from moving forward. So I was thrilled to read the book from my guest today, which is called I Wish I'd Known This, Six Career Accelerating Secrets for Women Leaders, which helps women navigate the obstacles of career progression and gives practical strategies to advance their careers. My guests today are Brenda Wenzel and Catherine Heath, both Managing Directors of the Leadership Acceleration Practice at Bravanti. Both are former financial services executives who have coached hundreds of professional women at all levels for decades, with much of their work centering around building confidence through communications and presence techniques. Today, we are going to discuss some of the common blind spots that women encounter on their leadership journey and strategies to accelerate through them for a higher impact career. I can't wait for this conversation today. So Brenda and Catherine, I'm thrilled to welcome you to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Excellent. Before we get started, I loved reading your book as we were just talking about a little bit before we started today's episode. And like I said in my intro, I coach a lot of women in this challenge, in careers, in corporate, not believing in themselves, getting stuck and really not understanding how to navigate forward. So I thought your book was so valuable. It had such valuable techniques in it and really practical, which I love. I love practical, do this, do that type answers, right? (laughs) So women can actually know what to do rather than just talking about it. Was that really your focus as well? Our focus was we wanted to write this book because we're coaches like you, Jody. And between us, we figured out that we coached 800 women. Wow. Husband says we discriminate against men, but that's okay. <laughs> we love working with women. We're just catching and, up with the discrimination anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw some patterns that we felt like were getting in the way of women being successful. And we just felt a calling to put them down so that we could help women. And that's where... When you do something over and over again, you begin to see that certain things get in their way and we just wanted to put them out in the light of day. We think the world would be a better place if there are more women leaders and we want to make sure that that happens. Brenda, what would you add? Well, I often think of this topic of confidence, Jody, and one of our partners used to say that confidence is a, a behavior much more so than a feeling. And if you read our book and the different chapters as we get into these things that can 
can either accelerate us or derail us, depending on how we focus on them. Confidence is at the core of all of them. And the behaviors, we're practitioners. You know, Catherine and I, in our practice, we we want to install a different way of not just thinking about something, but doing something, behaving in a different way. And that can lead to what we just talked about with relationship to confidence. It, it's, uh, it's what you do and how you do it. Then the feeling follows that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I really got that from the book. So it was really practical and gave women really, really key techniques that they can actually start using that day, you know. So anyway, we're going to talk about some of those and bring those to our listeners today. But we start every all of our um, podcasts asking the question of what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? So I'd love to get both your takes on what does confidence, being a confident woman mean to you? Wow, uh, that's a big topic, but I'll, I'll try to boil it down from my perspective <laughs> yes. and then pass to Catherine. Confidence is that ability to do something so incredibly well that you know you've got it right every time. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a knowing and a doing that is right on in alignment with your intention. You know, when you think of an outcome and you are so certain of your ability to get there, and how you get there that you can't, there's a quote that I love, and it might be, I think it's in the book somewhere. It says, you know, some people practice until they get things right, um, but professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. I remember reading that. It was a great one. You know, and, and that's that's so on it for me that you can stand and deliver with confidence, especially with subject matter expertise or any other aspect of knowing and do it so well. And when you know you can't get it wrong and you can't mess it up, I mean, there's such a liberty and a freedom in that. And that's what confidence means to me. It's it's this this knowing, this certainty, but curiosity, but also standing in your space and knowing that you you can't mess it up. Yes. Love that. Yes, absolutely. And Catherine, what is confidence for you? What Brenda said before, it's about a set of behaviors. There's been a lot of research on what is confidence and and it's how you show up. It is a set of things that you do. And then as Brenda said, then it transfers to how you feel, but you start with a set of behaviors. And we talk about those in the book a bit. It's about showing up with good posture and muscular language, language that you've worked on that comes across well and not fidgeting with your hair or being having nervous things that you do. So it's really getting these behaviors down pat. There's a lot of research on it and we talk about what those behaviors are in the book. Yeah. And it's so interesting because so many people they work, I find with my clients that even when they're presenting, there's obviously I'm sure you you come across that. A lot of people have to, whether it's presenting to a room full of people or just sharing their ideas in meetings or presenting now they've got a new a new job they have to present to key key stakeholders in the thing. They actually don't, they they focus so much on the content and the idea and what they've got to say and they leave out the bit about how they're going to say it and body language and the key words they're going to use and how they're going to start. And like, there's so much in that, which I think I've got a question coming up later about that, that presence. And, but that some of the skills that we are so impactful with confidence, we sort of hope that they turn up on the day without 
it being practiced and something that you you really work on as a skill. We have a whole chapter on prepare and practice, which is, and, and women are so crunched for time. It's hard. We, we hated to even put that in there because we're asking them to do something else. But uh, it's so true that you have to think about what is, how do you want to show up? It, the reason we write that is so many times when we're coaching people, women will say, I've got a big presentation and, and I'll say, well, how are you getting ready? And they're, yes. oh, I'm working on the deck. That's right. And we'll say, well, there's a lot more than that. And you're exactly right, Jody. It's about practicing what Brenda said about till you, you can't get it wrong. Yeah, that's right. And I often say to my clients, because I'm, I'm a speaker, so I, I'm often in that place. And I say, I work on my mindset and how I'm going to deliver just as much as the content. Like it, I have to get my head in the game because I have to show up, especially because I'm speaking about confidence to confident, confidence. <laughs> I'd better show up as a confident woman on the day to deliver my message. But it is working on that, that mindset and your behaviours and how you're going to show up just as much as what you're going to say when you show up. So it was really, yeah, really valuable. Now, when are you the most confident version of yourselves? I was going to say when I'm prepared. I mean, when I'm most confident is when I'm prepared. And then also, I mean, one of the things we talk about is that so many times we'll do a 360 on somebody and we'll interview, and which is doing interviews about them and pulling it together and report. So we interview their peers and colleagues and say, what do you, you know, what do you think of, of Catherine? And, you know, what is she good at? And so many times I'll say, she is so great. She's just so smart. She's so good. She can get things done. I wish she thought that of her herself. Mm, yeah. And we give them that feedback. And, and what we know in psychology is your self-image is based on not only what you think of yourself, but what other people. And I'm always trying to convince women, these people think you're great. Now, when are you going to believe it? <laughs> yes, because this you is actually how you show up in the world, right? How other people see you is actually who you are in the world. Because I said to a client yesterday, we spend too much time with ourselves. That's our problem. We're just two in our own heads. We forget who we are actually out in the world because that's who you really are. The, the thing I would add to what Catherine said, and it is true for me, is the other side of that equation. Uh, our chapter is preparation and practice. She talked about being confident when she's prepared, and I agree, and I, I feel really confident when I am practiced. And this is something that many of us, men or women, but we find it largely true for women is that we don't think of ourselves as professionals who need to practice. We tend to go there in our minds when we have to get up in front of a group and do a presentation. But what we mean by practice is, is studying the fundamentals of your craft and being really, really good at it. I I grew up an athlete. I grew up with a tennis racket in my hand. I played team sports and I continue to be fascinated by the discipline of athletes in their craft. And any performer really who's trying to reach the top of that capability for themselves. When we talk with women about how they prepare for their week or their day or the next meeting 
or the next interaction, formal or informal, or for any particular part, you know, how 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 studied are they on on the science of their work or their, their or their craft? We don't spend time on it. They don't have a great answer. It's it's almost like Catherine said, it's an, an extra to do on the, the list. But when we are practiced at what is coming up for us, what is the outcome we're trying to achieve, and how do we best clarify our week, our day, our hour on getting that done, suddenly things change. We're not always as cramped in our schedule because we're learning to call out what really matters. Uh, Sometimes we have a choice around that. Sometimes we don't. But what we say to women we coach is you're in a much better position when you do it on purpose, when you do this deliberately and practice your craft and prepare yourself to be at your best performance. Jody, there's this great story. You might have heard it, but uh, Catherine and I were talking about it a couple of weeks ago when the Queen of England had her, you know, her her services there. And the story goes that the boys' choir was in full practice for this eventual event. Yes. And that the conductor of that choir told each of them that they're likely to be called on to sing a solo. And we didn't, they didn't know which person in the choir it would be. Wow. But that be prepared in the eventuality that you might be called on. And so they did. Everyone (laughs) practiced that individual performance. And can you imagine what working on that individual performance, the individual craft did, not just for the confidence of the individual performer, but for their participation in the the bigger picture. Absolutely. And, And to me, that story just really hit home with me. It's like, that's what we're talking about here is, how are you, you know, honing in on your craft to create the confidence that you're not only good on your own two feet, but you're contributing even better to the larger picture? Yes, I love that. That's a great, and I haven't heard that story before, but yeah, that's so important because, and it's like, it sort of comes back to what you were saying about that athlete too, especially when you're in team sports. It's like, how do you focus? How do you keep practicing what you've got to do as the athlete until you don't get it wrong, until it's so innate? It's just so... It's so there, the neural pathways are built that it's just happening so quickly, but what you contribute to the overall success of the team or what have you is then invaluable. It's just, it needs all those parts to the puzzle to to make it such a success. And that's essentially an organisation as well. It has to have all those parts of the puzzle to be successful. So Yeah, valuable. Okay, so the book discusses six common blind spots, but I particularly love the one you call vague reputationality. (laughs) I hope I said that right because it's a big word, (laughs) which is knowing what do people get when they get you. And that's, you say, are two things. One, what you do establishes your reputation. And two, who you are differentiates you from other people. And this chapter says that women should understand what they bring to the workplace and be able to talk about it authentically. So why is this important for us to know and establish our brand in the workplace? Brenda invented this word, so she got to talk okay, about great. it. She came up with, she <laughs> called me one day and said, I came up with this term and we've loved it. It is. It's fabulous. It's just, you just have to focus on the word to get all the letters right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought the word might somehow be more meaningful in terms of a description versus personal brand. And we picked up on this in our coaching work with women. 
is that everybody, you know, everybody understands what a personal, you know, intellectually, for the most part, what a personal brand is. You know, we're trying to market ourselves and put ourselves out there in a certain aspect. But what we kept hearing from women is that it just it, it was falling so, a little short of ringing true to them in terms of authenticity. What we've learned from women that we've coached is that they also want to be very authentic and real and yeah. who they are. They, they do not want to compromise on their core yes. to fit into some brand that they're supposed to be at work. And so that's why we thought this term uh, was meaningful to women, because it it, it does combine the two things that that make that differentiation so clear and so real, their credentials, their reputation, why people call you, you know, what is your craft back to that whole underlying piece of what is your value? Then you combine it with the unique DNA that you have, your personality, the traits of your personality. You know, some of us are more are more introverted or extroverted or warm or or, ta- or not. And, and it's unique. And that's what's great about defining yourself is that I think it's Dolly Parton that says, you know, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. And we yes. love that quote because yes. you're the only one out there. Everyone else is sort of taken. And so yes. the quote goes. And so we think it's so important. And what we have discovered with women who really do the work on this, back to preparation, practice and figuring it out. Yeah. When they do this work and they figure out exactly what it is they are known for versus who they want to be known for. And what we find out doing feedback for them is that sometimes those two things aren't the same. Yes. You know, Catherine loves to tell the story about a woman who got feedback on being a fabulous technical executor in her field. And she was very disappointed to hear that. And we, you know, curious as to why. And the reality is she wanted to be known for a market leader, a strategic thinker and a driver. And so the work for her is how do you build on what you're known for to become, for that perception to become what you want it. And so when women go to work on this and do the work on this, they get very clear about the work they want to do, very clear about things they can say yes to or no to, and very clear on all these things, which adds to the confidence it adds to the clarity and the confidence of of the professionalism that or, or the personality they want to bring into their work. And clarity is such a key word, I think, because when you are clear, even if you're not, if you, if you don't have all the skills, but if you're clear where you're headed or the reputation you want to be known for or what, if you're clear on that, then there is an underlying foundation of confidence because you, as you say, you know what you have to do to drive. You know what you have to say yes and no to. You know what skills you have to develop. If you know that, then you can make progress. If you're still not clear, you're sort of still bumbling around trying to work it out. It just doesn't, it's that clarity that starts with that real element of confidence too. We coach women to find out what are they saying about you when you're not in the room. You've got to go find that out because that's your brand. That's your personality. Brenda and I have a colleague and she not only is she good at her craft as being a good executive coach and a good facilitator, but she's incredibly warm and she connects with people in an incredibly quick way. And that's part of her reputationality because it's personality merged with what she's her brand. And if that's not the brand she wants, she's got to reinvent herself. And that woman that Brenda talked about that I coached was so undone about this. She said, I'm I'm above being technically. (laughs) I need to be a leader. And she said, I guess I've got to go reinvent myself. And she can because she knew her brand. 
And so we coach women, go figure out what you're, what you're known for. What is your reputationality? And if it's what you want, great. If it's not, you can change it. Sometimes it's a reinvention of, of your skill set. And sometimes it's just communicating more clearly to the people around you what, you what it is you really do. And so, you know, it's half the, half the battle is what you communicate and put out there. And don't you think it's also like there's some element sometimes of accepting who you are, that that's who you're known for? Because I, I had a client that she was an introvert and she just was adamant she didn't want to be an introvert. Like it was like she really took it <laughs> as a personal flaw that she was born with. And mm, we actually wow. looked at, I made her go away and write down, find 20 reasons why being an introvert was excellent, <laughs> right? And she was like, I don't want to. But when she looked at it, it was you know, innately there was some personality style in her that was more introvert focused, but she was trying to resist it. And when she just saw what that brought to to the table, what that gave her in in other areas and other personality, maybe it was, you know, she was calmer listening to people. She was much more of a thinker. She wanted to go away and really consider things. Like there was such great attributes that that was fantastic. And she she wouldn't accept that of herself. And yes, she can develop skills to be a little bit, to deal differently in different situations that she wanted to, you know, be more vocal in and things like that. But I didn't want her resisting who she was at that point. It was embracing that a little bit and accepting that that actually has positives to it as well. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. I love it. So why it also came up in this chapter was about women having trouble taking credit for their achievements. Why do you think that women often have such a hard time taking credit for the achievements we have, you know, we do in the in the workplace? Oh gosh, there's so many reasons. Catherine, I was uh, we're doing a workshop just recently and we asked women in the workshop we were talking about you know, promoting your value and how to do this, how to, the skill set of how to talk about yourself with value. And we ask them, you know, we like we do in so much of our work, why, why don't we do this? And the reasons just go on and on. But one of the biggest ones is, is they don't, don't want to be seen as a, a bragger, don't want to yeah. be seen as arrogant and overly aggressive and confident. I mean, and confident, you know, overly confident. It yes. comes out sometimes. I don't want to be seen as too much or, so sometimes it's the way we're socialized growing up. The culture around us can affect that. But all things that, honestly, in a 45-minute session, you can overcome yes. and, and figure out <laughs> back to reputationality. Yes. Figure out how to communicate in a, in a style that takes all the goodness that you bring, all the value you bring, and put it in a language that is, it feels normal and natural to you. And yeah. that can vary from person to person. But uh, that, that, is, that is the biggest thing I hear, Catherine. I don't know if you've heard some, some good ones lately, but it's, it's, uh, there are a lot of reasons why we, we don't do it. Yes. We don't do it and we, we don't think that it's polite or whatever it is. We can frown on our colleagues who are really good at it. So it's what we found is it's all about practicing and preparing, matching it up with who you are, and what you think your value is and saying it and doing it in a way that matches, um, aligns with your values. Yeah. And do you think it's needed in the workplace? Do you think it's time that women actually learnt this skill and stepped Absolutely. forward a bit more? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Catherine, take a, take it no, away. I was going to say, it's it's like you're doing reporting out what you're doing. It, you know, a lot of times we'll do feedback and people say, well, they don't know what I do. And well, who told them? Yes. And one of the stories we <laughs> yes. have in, in one of our books is about a woman. Her name was Sharon Allen, and she went on to be the head of Deloitte, a big, huge professional services company. And she talks about this important moment in her life where she got passed up for a promotion. And she said she stomped into her boss's office and said, you know, I wanted that job and I've done X, Y, and Z. And she said he listened and he said two things. One, I did not know you'd done X, Y, and Z. And the other is I didn't know you wanted the job. And she said she never made that mistake again. She let people know what Brenda was saying, what she was doing and where she wanted to go. And we talk about that in chapter one. You've got to have a plan of where you want to go and you have to put it out to people and tell them what you want to achieve. Yeah. Don't just float. Get a plan. I hope that somebody discovers <laughs> discovers yeah, what you're up to. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But when women can can convey uh, their value in the context of things they care about, things they are excited about, accomplishments they are particularly proud of. Then you start to discover the language that helps you get there. Yes. It, so it's very doable. We've had a lot of women say, I could never do it. Not going to do it. Could never do it. And 45 minutes later, they can be saying a different Singing a different thing. So it's very doable. It is a learnable skill and is a learnable skill in the style in which all of us individually decide to do it. So it's not a one size fits all for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's saying it in a way that that works for you, that you feel comfortable with and practicing and really prepare what you're going to say, how you're going to say it that does make you feel okay about actually putting it out there and letting people know what you do. We've talked a lot about this practice and preparation, which is my next question, because it's a vital skill when building confidence and not to just wing it. You talk a lot about that in the book. The chapter talks about too quickly women jump in from planning to execution without taking the essential smaller steps along the way by asking questions like, how do I want to show up or what impact do I need to deliver? And if everything went well, what would happen? You discuss why the clarity, planning and practice fosters confidence. So why are these types of questions and intense preparation so important for confidence? I mean, I think that the what is it that you want to show up as and what's your outcome and get that so clear in your head. Your, your probability is going way up that you're going to get it. If you are clarity, you have clarity about what you want to achieve. And then we make really practical suggestions in that, you know, put it on your calendar. I'm going to get, you know, this is block it out. It doesn't happen unless it's on your calendar. I'm going to prepare. Or I'm going to think about my outcome. I'm going to practice. And the other thing we talk about that is practice in small spurts. You know, you're driving, you, you might rehearse a story you want to tell in a meeting, or you're drying your hair and you practice a point of view that you want to put out in a meeting, you rehearse it. You don't have to take an hour to practice a whole speech. It's not just speeches, as Brenda says. Yeah. It's also how you, what are you going to say in a meeting? 
you're going to have this interaction with this person. What is the outcome? How can you use really good words to convey what you want to convey? So, you know, there are practical tips in the book about how you can do this without all of a sudden turning yourself into a practice freak. Yeah, yeah, or needing to find, you know, 25 hours of in, in a week. To yeah, that's, 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 that's not happening. It's not going to happen. Not, no, that's right. It's not happening. Yeah, most important to that, you know, is this whole idea of, of an outcome, being so crystal clear on an outcome that Catherine talked about. And we know that that's core to, to highly effective people and and leaders is that they're so clear on it. And back to the analogy on athletes, they are, uh, if you you remember the great swimmer, Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps, you know, he would visualize every stroke of his laps. Uh, You would see him before a competition in in quiet thought meditation, visualize. He would say he would sit there and listen to his music and visualize the strokes. And if you sort of take that back into the world that, you know, we, we all operate in every day. It's, it's a very similar thing. Exactly. Yes. How do I want this meeting to go or this conversation to go? And if I get resistance, how am I going to handle that? If I'm an introvert and I start to lose my voice and shut down, what do I do? You know, how am I going to handle that? Sort of back to Jody, your, your introverted friend there. Yes. What we know about introverts and coach them to do in these situations is, is, think way ahead of time exactly what you want to get in there so that you're ready. Yes. Um, Because what is it they say? If you don't know what an introvert's thinking, you're not asking. Um, (laughs) If you don't know what an extrovert's thinking, you're not listening or something like that. And and what we know about the women who are lean more on the introverted part of the scale, what we know is that they need to think and prepare ahead of time a little bit more that maybe then something, no, I, I wouldn't say any more than their colleagues, but it certainly would add to their confidence level. Yes, that's right. Personal to able, confidence yes. level to, to do that, yeah. To have them feel comfortable enough to speak up because they're ready. They're, it's time to push through that boundary. Yeah. And the preparation, I worked with a, a executive woman a couple of weeks ago. She had a new a summit coming up where she had to prepare to present an idea to a board and the thing that was rattling her was she knew that one of the one of the key stakeholders in that room is a fast thinker, wants the answers, da, 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 and he interrupts. He consistently oh, interrupts people, right? This was a real a real thing of terror like and so we actually worked on preparing what will I do when he interrupts because it's likely this is who he is. And we worked on it. He's actually not trying to trip you up or belittle you. It's not about you because he does it to everybody. He's a fast thinker. He's wanting answers. He's trying to take in information and sort it out in his own brain. So he he's after information very quickly. And unfortunately, that means he's going to interrupt your presentation and he feels that that's okay at this point, right? <laughs> so without being able to coach him that maybe that's not okay, we talked about what she could control and what she couldn't control. She couldn't control that the possibility is he'll probably interrupt her. What she could control is that she could practice how she would handle that. And that was such a turning point for her because she felt prepared, but she went into that feeling so much more confidence because she was prepared for those sorts of things. Again, away from the content that she had to deliver, it was dealing with what was going to happen in that meeting and this particular individual who was likely to interrupt you, which I think he did, you know, but she was ready for him. (laughs) That's half the battle. Uh, That's a fabulous example. 
That's a great example. Great example. Yeah, it was. It was great. That was a real, a real change for her. So I love the article that you wrote on your website about personal power and the confidence gap where you help women identify what robs you of your personal power and strategies women can use to build confidence through communication and presence techniques as we've been talking about. What are some of the key confidence markers and power robbers? Oh, there's so many, but... your favorite. I'll, I'll do Give me a few. Brenda, you do a few. <laughs> uh, I, I think posture is a big deal. I think, you know, just how you stand up, how you show up, you know, are you? And, and it's also a whole mix of things. Like we tell this story about this woman and we were waiting to go into a meeting and she came down the hall and she was carrying big purse, pocketbook, whatever you want to call it. And she had her computer in a bag over the other shoulder. And then she had a briefcase. I mean, she looked like a pack horse. <laughs> she was flying down the hall. Her skirt was kind of hiked up oh, over no. her belt. Yeah. And she was late. Oh. And she came sliding into the meeting. And uh, afterwards, is that how you want to show yeah. up? Yeah. You know, that's, you're robbing your power. You, you, you look disheveled. You look like, you know. Unorganized. Yeah. Yes. You're, you have no composure. And she just kind of landed in there in this uh, rumpled state. And she's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But it was not how she wanted. She robbed her power by showing there. But, and her posture was terrible because she was all humped over carrying all this all these things. The posture is my favorite. Yes. It makes such a difference. It really does. Uh, and my 15-year-old daughter, who I'm nagging to stand up straight all the time at the moment, <laughs> but I said, in the future, you will thank me. But I, I know at the moment I'm very annoying, but I can't stand to see it because it does. I feel like it affects how people even treat her and how she shows up in the world. And I'm, oh. I know I have to work on mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come and nag you, Catherine. I'm good at I'm good nagging. <laughs> She's got a favorite too. Yeah, one of my favorites. And I and I think you in the article that you're referring to, we we mentioned that we had done a review of the literature, Catherine and, and colleagues had done this years ago. And there's seven of these in our confidence markers. And Catherine just mentioned one, but one of my personal favorites is presence. And personal presence. And and here's what I mean by that. Being present. Fully present is probably the best way to put it, being fully present. We're all operating in this world that's pulling on us, whether it's a computer or a Zoom or a Teams meeting or a phone or you name it. And we're all thinking that we can multitask. And the truth is that our brains really don't multitask. Our brains switch tasks. So when we're doing these things where our brain is immediately having to switch and share time, and we have all been in the room before with people who are not giving us their full attention, and it feels horrible. It feels horrible to be standing in front of a room and 40 out of 50 heads are in a phone. You know, I mean, nobody wants to be in a situation like that. No one wants to be sitting across from a leader who has one eye on the computer screen and one eye down at their calendar. And there is this particular one about being fully present has to do with giving your full attention to the task at hand or the person at hand. And if you've been in the presence of someone who does that, it is very powerful and it is unforgettable. I love to challenge women on that one because it is something we can all do. It is a matter of discipline. It is a matter of 
a mindset that says I'm going to be respectful at all times and I'm going to give this person my attention. And and set up too, right? Turning off phones, turning off, not sitting there with your laptop open, like actually move the distraction away. Like you can actually. Yeah. Putting it away. Yes. Yeah. My, my, my colleague, Catherine Heath is a master of this one. She's fully present at all times with everyone. She sits right in the screen if she's talking to you. And yes. it's one to practice. And in terms of return on time invested in some of these attributes, that one's going to get you leverage every time. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important. Now in the opening of your book, your acknowledgement says to the generations of amazing women leaders who have and will change the world for the better. So I'd love to know which woman leader has inspired you. Whoa. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big fan of Michelle Obama. I'm a big fan of, I mean, not because Mother Teresa, I mean, I'm, all these names are bubbling up and I'm a big environmentalist. So there's some people that I think in the environmental movement that have been very courageous. I'm inspired by my colleague, Brenda, who comes up with all these <laughs> creative things. So my list goes on and on of women that have done hard things. They have had a vision of a new tomorrow and they've worked it. They've worked it hard. They've had confidence. They've overcome obstacles, but they had a clear vision of where they wanted to go, their outcome, and they went for it. Same, same here. Couldn't have said that better because when you ask a question like that, Jody, my mind wanders back to I love history. And I go back to women in history who were brave enough to step into to a space for all the right reasons and create enough momentum that other women could follow them, even though they couldn't get what they wanted. I think of all the women who fought for the right to vote, uh, not just in this country, but in other countries. Eleanor Roosevelt, one of my favorites, given the times and the time for women and all of the issues that followed that. Um, but I'll tell you, I grew up in a family of strong women and women who taught me uh, to go continue to follow a dream and continue to educate yourself on a variety of things and keep going even when, you know, the the history you live in isn't quite ready for some of it. And so I don't know if that's that's a decent answer or not, but I'm like Catherine, it's it's a lot of historical women right up to the present day. And there are many women running for office, doing brave things against all odds that, you know, 20, 50 years from now, they're going to be, they're going to be inspiring a whole nother generation. So Absolutely. Love it. And, you know, this book is really a testament to both of you because you're out there being brave, stepping forward, putting these things in the world so that other women can can follow as well. And, you know, it's time. It's time for us to step up and be the amazing people in the world that we can be and make the difference that that we know women can be and can do. So, you know, it's fabulous that you're both emanating exactly that sort of strong woman and allowing people to have the tools to actually make the difference as well. So we love the book, love the book and love what you're both doing. Thank right you. back at you, Jody. Right back at you. <laughs> we're both doing the same work. We're both doing the same work. That's yeah, it. We're all three of us. Kicking yeah. some butt. That's right. At the end of every podcast we ask, we've got the Rise Women Power questions. So are you ready? Yes. Let it go. Our first one is, what do you wish every woman knew? I'll answer that one. I think 
each woman has a story in her head and about why she does certain things. And I wish she knew that she could change those stories and come up with new stories about what would help her be successful. And we talk about that in the book, about creating new stories in your head, because one of my teachers used to say, we're all crazy. And the people who don't think they're crazy are the craziest. (laughs) So we have kind of crazy (laughs) stories in our head. And come up with new ones that that they might not be working for you. Like yeah. your person that thought an introvert wasn't. Yes. Wasn't okay valuable. They wanted to change it. Yeah. You know, no, 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 no. Come up with a new story about how your introversion is a strength. Yes, absolutely. Brenda. I think I would say that every single one of us has unique value and you've got it and you need to own it and craft it and put it out there in the world because so many women are spectacular, but they believe that what they do is common fair. They believe that what they do, anyone can do. And it's just simply not true. So love it. Okay. What is your superpower? I think I'm creative. Sometimes I think I have almost a popcorn brain, but um, because I have more ideas than I have good sense. But um, and it makes me a good coach because I can in problem solving. Sometimes that creativity can help. She's right about that. That is very true. Mine might be versatility. I'm I'm unafraid to try new things, even the ones I really don't know a lot about. I try to make myself accountable to go figure it out. But I like versatility. I like variety. I like versatility. And um, and even if it's scary, I uh, find ways to go do new and different things. And it's the spice of life. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now we have a whole shoe thing going on, so we often ask the question: heels or flats? Your preference, but you flats. can extend that. We've had Wellington boots, we've had barefoot, we've had hiking boot, we've had a whole everyone's uh, we've had a whole flavor of shoes. So you can either go with shoes or uh, heels or flats, or your own flavor. <laughs> I love suede, suede flats, suede, suede boots. Okay. I just love suede. There you go. And flats for you, Brenda? Flats for me. I'm a fast walker. I don't want to worry about spraining <laughs> my ankle or looking crazy. So great. Flats. Any okay. kind of flat. Good, good. Uh, your favourite quote or rule that you live by? Mm, I'm going to read you I, one. I'm going to go back oh. to my, yeah, I'll go back to my Eleanor Roosevelt. She once said that the purpose of life, after all, is to live it to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and deeper and richer experience. And that's comes to me a lot. She is some. Yes. And I keep this one. It's right back here. Leadership is helping others see their worth and potential so clearly that they come to see it in themselves. Oh, that's gorgeous. I haven't heard that one before. That's really lovely. Love it. Okay. Finish this sentence for both of you. If I had even more confidence than I do now, I would. I'll tell you what, I, I was just thinking, I wish I had the confidence to do podcasts like you. Oh, go. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, there you go. Brenda, anything yeah. for you? I mean, I'd write again. I'd write again with Catherine. <laughs> we'd put a, we'd put a, I wish I'd known this part two out there. <laughs> yeah. 
Very possible, I think. Very possible. There you go. Well, thank you so much for both spending some time to share with our listeners about your new fabulous book. And I think it, as I said in the beginning, it's so valuable, it's so practical and it gives such a great insight that women can really use to take their careers to the next level and prepare and be the amazing people that they are with all their unique talents. So thank you for putting this book into the world. Thank you for coming and sharing it with us. And we really appreciate your time today. Jody, thank, thank you. you for having us. You're thank wonderful. You very much. Yeah. And thank you for the work you're doing. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes, we we love it. We just love it. And thank you to everyone for listening today. And remember, there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be. So please get in touch. We have a number of free downloads on our website that are really valuable. So go to risewomen.com forward slash free to access all our free content. But until next time, remember, with confidence, anything is possible. Bye for now.